Are you curious about what subconscious reprogramming is? Do you want to know more about the part our subconscious plays in our behavior? Would you like to hear about the experiences I've had during hypnosis meditations? Do you want to know how I know that the therapy I've been doing has been working? In today's episode on Root Awakening, a health podcast, I am going to be talking about my experiences with subconscious reprogramming through hypnosis meditation. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. We took a hiatus, but we're back, and I'm really excited to share this episode with you today as kind of a, a welcoming back to the world. A lot has shifted, and that's basically what this episode is about. I want to tell you about all of my experiences that I've had with subconscious reprogramming, and I've been doing a lot of these hypnosis meditations to do that, and some crazy stuff has changed. And I've made a lot of realizations, and I know that if you're listening to this podcast, and if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you're into self-development. Even if you're not doing it yourself, you're interested in it. So this is like a quintessential self-development explanation of what I've experienced over the past couple months. So some of you are already aware that I've been using To Be Magnetic's manifestation process as therapy over the past few months. And I get into more about what this manifestation process is in this episode, but part of the process is listening to hypnosis meditations. And I've had some crazy realizations since starting this work. I've learned a lot about my patterns and deep-seated limiting beliefs, which I think could really help you just hear some examples of what patterning can look like in real life. And I had an interesting visualization in these meditations that I want to share with you as well. And I tie this episode up with some words on how to look at the triggers in our lives and how to reframe the situation when we do get triggered, which has been probably the most important mindset shift that I've had during this time. So why waste any more time? Let's just get into it here. This is Root Awakening, a health podcast. My name is Emily Kosick. I am the CEO of Root Awakening. Root Awakening is a holistic home of self-development and empowered community. You can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. You can also email me at hello at rootawakening.co. Say hello. Tell me what you think of this episode. Tell me what you think of this podcast. Just tell me your thoughts. Ask me your questions. I love to connect. So, it's been a few weeks since we have put out a podcast episode, so I wanted to catch everybody up on what I've been up to, what Root Awakening has been evolving into, because it's always evolving. It's been evolving so consistently for the past year. And I want to tell you all what's going on or what I think is going on in the moment. And it's going to change, I think, again in the next week. But as many of you know, I stepped back from coaching one-to-one -one at the end of the summer. And I did that because something wasn't feeling right. I wasn't feeling like that was my purpose at that time. I wasn't seeing the results I wanted. The impact wasn't quite there for me. And I started to feel not so great about showing up for my clients. And I don't feel right coaching anybody when I feel like that. So I stepped away from one-to-one -one coaching. Many of you know we put out the True Potential program, which is a coaching program that involves four other coaches that I kind of housed underneath Root Awakening. And I also made a communication course. So it's an online course that I just dropped that I'm so excited about. I have been living with my parents here for the past almost year, 11 months, and my God, I have learned so much and have been able to test out so much about what communication techniques work with family. I extended these communication techniques out to my friends, out to acquaintances, out to working relationships, and even to strangers. And I was able to compile all of these really comprehensive, relaxed, but honest communication techniques. 
I compiled everything into a course. I want to share this with the world because it's something that has helped to transform the way I look at my relationships and the way I look at how I'm speaking my mind. So I came out with that as well, which I'll share a couple details about that a little bit later. But I really stepped back from being client facing in my business. It felt a lot better for me to just be a visionary. Like how can I birth new ideas into the world? And what does the community need? Instead of focusing on each individual person uh, like I was doing when I was coaching one-to-one. So I definitely needed that time away from one-to-one coaching so I could birth these other ideas into the world housing other coaches underneath Root Awakening and creating the communication course, creating the online course. And through that time, I realized that I already spend a lot of time alone, right? I already have been so good about my boundaries. I really don't let anybody into my life that drains my energy anymore even for a second date, even, you know, oh, I have to DM this person back, but oh, they kind of drain my energy. No, none of that happens. <laughs> if I get a vibe that someone is draining my energy, they are not in my life anymore. That's just how it works for me, and I think it's fair for both people. So I'm really good about my boundaries, but because of that, I noticed that I was getting such little social contact with people because I was inside, I was birthing all these new ideas into the world, I was creating this online course like a computer geek all day working, and I realized that I needed to expand my social group a little bit and meet some more like-minded people. And I'm in Michigan, so we're kind of at, I'm near a trendy city called Grand Rapids. We're kind of at this place in Michigan where there are a lot of people that are quite awake, kind of in the hippie movement, um, that eat organic food, but we're also kind of, you know, suburbs and very much still in the matrix and or also filled with people that are really connected to nature, but they're not interested in the spiritual stuff. And to be honest with you, I really love those people too. They ground me, they can teach me hunting, that sort of thing. But in Michigan, we're kind of a little bit at a crux between like being interested in more local stuff and kind of these new age ways of thinking. Um, and then also just being a Midwestern state, that's, it's not LA, right? And then also just being like kind of the conservative or libertarian style hunter vibe. That's where we're at in Michigan. So I wasn't really sure that I could meet anybody that is on my level. I have a couple friends here who are like-minded, but when I say a couple, I mean a couple, like a small handful. And I wasn't sure if I would meet a lot of other people because, you know, you guys know at this point, I'm super apolitical. I'm not into anything pharmaceutical related. I'm not into Western medicine. A lot of the leftist agenda isn't really in my wheelhouse. And a lot of the right agenda isn't in my wheelhouse. I'm very much so in a self-sufficient uh, mindset right now with all of the politics and everything that's going on with COVID and all that. So I didn't know if I would meet other folks like me. And I got an intuitive hit to join a class at a center here that's kind of like a holistic health center. It's actually really cool. I'm so grateful that Grand Rapids has something like this. And they had an energy share class. And it's called the Remedy House. That's that's the the place in Grand Rapids here that it's like a holistic health center, spiritual center. They had a class called an energy share class, and it was so incredible. I really believe it to be like a church session, but for spiritual minded people. 
So it's not religious, just spiritual, very open-minded, very thoughtful discussion. We have a lesson. We have like a circle where we send energy out. We send energy to each other. It's kind of like prayers, but not. It's very, um, it's very thoughtful and modern and not shady. <laughs> you know, it's very out in the open and intuitive and I loved that class so much and being able to be in a position where I'm meeting new people and I'm talking to them about their interests and I'm there's a lot of Reiki masters in this group I'm not a Reiki master I'm not trained in Reiki at all but because of that there's such an interest in Reiki in this group we do some energy sharing stuff back and forth just casually and that felt so good and it got me to the place and this was just this week by the way recently it got me to the place where I started thinking I miss coaching so much <laughs> and it's the first time that I really realized that it's been months since I have coached anyone and I was really enjoying just having this space to myself to regroup and to birth different types of offerings out into the world but it just kind of like hit me like a wave this week that I really do miss it. I miss having that one-to-one -one connection with folks. So that's what's been going on in my life. Always transitions happening, always evolutions happening, hindsight realizations. So right now I'm just like, oh, do I get back into coaching? I love it <laughs> and I miss it. So yeah, we're going to see. We're going to see how it develops. But I am getting closer and closer to being banned on Instagram. So that's something else happening in my life. Instagram doesn't like folks talking about natural health. They're not big fans of anyone speaking out against the pharmaceutical industry. Right now, Instagram is kind of like the news. If you call in a news story that talks about a beautiful spiritual awakening or an amazing health journey or how pharmaceuticals can hurt people, they're likely not going to air it because they're in the matrix funded by the pharmaceutical industry. So I see Facebook and Instagram kind of like the media, the news, and they don't love folks like me because I speak out about what I think is not right. So because of that, my account's getting more and more restricted and I have been very interested lately in creating new spaces on different types of platforms that do not include social media to create community there instead of on social media because let's be honest instagram is probably not going to be around forever it's very controversial a lot of people like most of us already think okay, Instagram is not super healthy for us. It's really cool. It's, it's, we all like to connect with people around the world. We all love that part. But the social media side of it, the ads, the scrolling, the addictiveness, that's what we don't like. And basically everyone agrees that there's kind of a trade-off to social media. But we still use it because we like to connect with everyone around the world. I love that too. I learn so much. I feel like I've gotten so much smarter just by being able to connect with people from all over. So I want to be able to create a platform with those benefits while not having the shitty trade-off of what social media brings us that isn't so great. And I did that. I created a couple different ways to create community off social media. So the first way that I created an alternative community is through my email tribe. It's an email newsletter that I send out once a week. I don't send any more emails than that. And I talk about what's going on in my life, kind of like what I'm doing right now. But I always learn lessons every week and I gain tips. I'm always, always, always working on self-development. And I log all of these tips that I realize throughout my week. And I share that with you in the email tribe in my newsletter so you get tips that are very pertinent in my life and very timely you get kind of like real-time advice uh, from me based on what I'm experiencing in my life and it's also free 
So you can join the email tribe through the link in the show notes. And it's really fun. I love to connect with folks like that. And in case Instagram does ever block me, or maybe it just shuts down altogether, or there's some reason or conflict why we all want to leave Instagram, I am always there in the email tribe to support you and just to stay connected. I love having that outlet to everybody. The second community that I am building off social media is the Root Awakening Commune. As many of you know, I have been joking for a long time, like joking, kind of not joking, that I want to build a commune. And I'm not the only one. This is like a thing that's spreading around, right? It's very trendy to want to build a commune because we're getting fed up with what society is up to. And we want to start a place with our own rules. It's not crazy. It's actually, to me, it makes a lot of sense. So I have been talking about how I want to create a real-life commune one day, and it's true. I actually would like to do that. Maybe not so much culty commune, but just like a compound where I can live around like-minded people in the country, basically, and we can become interdependent. Until that can happen, I started an online commune. So it looks like an open forum to talk about things like homesteading, things like regenerative farming, things like cryptocurrency, alternative finance, cooking from scratch, natural health, handmaids, woodworking, camping, survival skills, that kind of thing. The stuff that would make you sufficient if society completely shut down. And I think it's pretty obvious why I want to start building a bank of information for us to access. So this group is not a political group. Posts about politicians or political parties are not tolerated because that's not what I want this group to be. However, posts about like natural health and that sort of thing is, and like vaccines, that kind of stuff um, is tolerated because I got pretty upset about what happened on Instagram with the censorship there, but it's not really a group to talk about conspiracy theories in that way, about going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth about vaccines, what they're doing right now, blah, blah, blah. blah. It's more just about, okay, how do we prepare if things completely shut down? And if anything truly significant comes up, we can share information through this forum. It is a private group, but it's still free to join at this point. So contact me on Instagram or email if you would like to join. And you can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening, root is spelled R-O-O-T, or you can contact me via email at hello at rootawakening.co. And then fresh on the market, like I mentioned earlier, is my communication course. It's a simple, quick online course to teach you how to communicate in a neutral way that is also loving, that is also honest, that is also empowered. It's a really fine balance that I have cultivated in my life. And I want to share that with you. It works so well for me. I'm so confident with my communication skills and this stuff just works, especially if you pair it with subconscious reprogramming, and this course includes customizable scripts. So when we're in the moment, when we're trying to set a boundary or speak our mind, we tend to clam up, especially if we're not used to setting boundaries or speaking our mind. So having a script in your tool belt will give you the ability to just refer to words that you can use and say to someone that will allow you to truly speak your mind, say what you need to say, communicate your needs without just reverting back to old behavior because you don't know what else to say. And in the course, there are also quick, simplistic mind lessons on cultivating relationships. And there's also audio available. So everything is narrated on audio. So you can listen to it like a podcast if you want. Or what I like to do is read while I'm listening to the narration. It's such a good way to learn. It's so easy to learn that way. Things really stick in your mind if you're hearing it and reading it as well. So if you're interested in the communication course, you can read more about it at rootawakening.co 
slash communication. That link will be in my show notes as well. So let's get into this episode. I think we're about ready to get into it. Today we're talking about my subconscious reprogramming experiences through hypnosis meditation. So here is the situation. I have been using hypnosis meditations basically as therapy to reprogram my subconscious to have different responses to triggers in my life, basically. Lacey Phillips is the owner of 2B Magnetic, and 2B Magnetic is a kind of coaching company that teaches a manifestation formula that is supposed to work for everybody. And this formula revolves around raising your self-worth through subconscious reprogramming in order to feel worthy of whatever you want in life. So the idea is when you feel worthy on a subconscious level, when you feel worthy of what you want, then it will be attracted to you. It doesn't work if you just tell yourself that you're worthy of it. It doesn't work if you just spend money like you are rich already. It only works if you change your subconscious mind beyond your conscious mind. So we have our conscious mind, which we are kind of in control of. We can tell ourselves to be super confident and calm before we go out on stage and talk to a lot of people. It's kind of the part of our minds that we can control to some extent. We can say, okay, I'm going to say this now, or okay, be like this now. But the subconscious part of our minds is the part that makes us still clam up while talking in front of a lot of people, even though we just told ourselves to be calm and confident. So the subconscious mind is formed all the way back from birth and it really controls most of our behaviors. We can pretend all we want, but at the end of the day, the subconscious mind rules the show and that's often where a lot of our triggers come about. So if you see a politician that really pisses you off or you get angry about something or sad about something or something makes you cry or something makes you really annoyed or something makes you jealous or envious. All of that is a trigger which leads back to the subconscious. That kind of behavior you can't control with your conscious mind. If, something, if somebody says something to you that bothers you, you can't control how you're going to feel about that. To a certain extent, the feeling comes up in a split second or less than, right? And the subconscious is in control of that. So with this to be magnetic manifestation formula, the idea is that once you reprogram that subconscious mind to feel worthy of what you want, the things or the experiences that you want will become attracted to you. So this manifestation work involves journaling, very thoughtful, deep journaling prompts, and hypnosis meditation. So the journaling gets you honest. The journaling can loosen up your subconscious. There's a reason why we like to journal in the self-development industry because you will write stuff down that you didn't even consciously know about yourself. You're, you'll write down some really honest stuff just by doing a free write and just writing out whatever because the process of journaling is connected to the subconscious mind. And then the hypnosis meditation gets you really relaxed. It's basically binaural beats with Lacey Phillips, the owner of 2B Magnetic, narrating and leading you through this guided meditation. And in these meditations, you imagine the root of your triggers, as in if something is triggering you on a day-to-day -day basis, when was the first time you experienced that in life? When was the first time you experienced that in childhood? So it's really becoming aware of your patterns as they developed when you were a kid. And that's where the therapeutic side of it comes into play. Because when we think of therapy, we think of digging back into our childhood, into our wounds, into our traumas, and that's essentially what you're doing with this work. Now, I'm sure the folks at TBM, To Be Magnetic, don't recommend that you use their work as therapy. They don't say that their work is therapy. It's like self-help coaching. I use it as my therapy. And I go back into these past memories and into my childhood trauma and I let my subconscious kind of lead the way to telling me what I need to know about where these patterns originated in my life. So what happens is 
when you're starting to loosen up the subconscious through journaling and then you go into one of these hypnosis meditations, you're relaxed, you've already gotten honest with yourself through journaling, your subconscious starts to open up a little bit more when you're relaxed. And I'm not an expert in this work. I'm not a to-be magnetic coach. So if you go check out their stuff, you can learn more about this from an expert point of view. This is just how I see the work. But my subconscious really starts to loosen up when I'm relaxed and when I'm asking myself these really deep questions. And when my subconscious starts to loosen up, all of this information, all of these realizations start to come to the surface. And when they come to the surface, I can kind of get a different perspective on them as an adult so I'm not looping the same old childhood patterns. I can look at the stuff that is still stored in my subconscious and say, huh, okay, actually, this is what really went down. Or it would have been better if I responded this way. Or what if somebody stepped in and actually helped me in this situation? That would have felt really good. And when I start to do that, when I start to kind of reimagine these memories and have an adult point of view on these childhood memories, shit starts to transform in my mental health. I start to gain a lot of self-esteem and I start to basically just work through these childhood experiences, these earlier experiences that I had in my life. And when I'm in a hypnotic state in these hypnosis meditations, it's not like I'm in an unconscious trance. I'm aware of what's going on. It's basically like I'm in a very deep meditative state in between sleep and awake. Uh, I am still conscious, but just kind of in this really relaxed meditative state. So I've been doing this work for about four months, one week short of four months. And man, I've seen some crazy transitions happen in my life. And I've had some crazy realizations in meditative states. So I want to tell everybody about my experiences. I think they're really insightful and I think they will help a lot of people to maybe become aware of their patterns. And there, it's just interesting stuff that came up for me. So I sent out an email to the email tribe this week that told the story of two reprogramming experiences I had. And I talk about it in more detail within the email. One experience was me being in a meditative state in these hypnosis meditations and reimagining a scenario with my dad. And it was the first time that I had laughed and cried kind of at the same time. And I was like, actually, this wasn't happening in the meditation. I myself physically was laughing during this meditation while I was laying down having this meditation. I started physically laughing even though nothing was funny. I just burst out laughing because it was a release because my body was healing from working through this stuff that came up. And the second experience was that I realized that I there was a pattern happening within my romantic experiences. I had two significant relationships where I realized I was kind of filling a void for them and they were filling a void for me. So I've had issues with dependency throughout my life, becoming dependent on other people because I don't trust myself to be financially independent or create my own security myself. So that's what these partners filled for me within myself. That's what they represented in my life. And I represented for them a dependent. And both of these past partners really wanted kids, but they had this kind of freelance young lifestyle and they didn't know if they were ever going to be able to work kids into their lives. So it's no accident that they were super attracted to me because I was a dependent. I was someone who was learning, learning about finances, wanting to have like a stable security figure in my lives and they both wanted to be dads. So this wasn't like sugar daddy stuff, right? They didn't want to, like consciously, they didn't want to financially support me and they wanted me to like be independent and do my thing. But subconsciously, 
they attracted me because they did really want kids in their lives and they were looking for someone to kind of like cherish like that. And on top of that, they also saw me, both of them, very, very similar relationships with me. They saw me as like cute or like adorable or like they really looked at me as kind of like baby talk version of romance. I worked through this limiting belief through the journaling, through the hypnosis meditation, and I didn't even have to have a conversation verbally with anyone. The behavior just dissipated. People started to listen to me more. I noticed it even with my parents. People are so much more attentive to me. And that was just through doing this work, which is very interesting. It also brings me to the note that we don't always have to communicate verbally in order to get things to change. We can also change ourselves and our external environment changes around us. So something's shifted in my life doing this work without, without me having to say anything. Things just started to shift when I started to do this therapy work. So I'll get into that a little bit later, but I want to talk now about me feeling like I never belong, which it's so interesting how all this stuff kind of interconnects together, me feeling not heard, me feeling that I can't be independent in my life, and now me feeling like I never belong. And this is a realization that I had more specifically, I pinpointed this last night. So it's no secret that I like to be an individual. <laughs> I wanted to get tattoos. I like to listen to that individual voice inside of me and do what I want. I don't want other people to tell me what to do. It's this whole thing that has developed as part of my genuine personality, but has also become imbalanced in the past because I felt insufficient as a dependent. I knew that I had issues with being independent financially and creating security within myself. So instead of creating that security on a financial level, I overcompensated with my individuality. I wanted to prove that personality-wise I'm so different and looks-wise I'm so different so I could really feel like an individual and so I could really feel like no one was telling me what to do. But at the end of the day, it, that was coming from my insecurities about being more dependent than I wanted to on a financial level and not creating my own security. So I had subconsciously realized that there was a piece missing, that I was too dependent, so I needed to be more independent. And how that got filtered through me was, okay, well, I'll be more individual with my style, with my personality, and I'll kind of force that individual point. So then I'll be more independent. And it was kind of a cover-up for what I was really scared of doing, which was creating a financial stability. And what do we have to do often, not always, but often when we're learning to create financial stability? Often we have to kind of play the game, play the societal game. And I didn't like that because that sounded like, oh, I have to take orders from somebody. Well, I don't want to do that because I already feel dependent. So I don't want to take orders from society. I don't want to just fall into line. I feel dependent. I want to feel independent. So I have to do things my own way. I can't play the game of society. And I think this is a healthy notion to have, but I took it to this really mixed up level of trying to prove my more external individuality instead of gaining financial security and using that security to be able to have more options in life that could also lead to my individuality. So it's so interesting and it gets really complex here, but very fascinating to see how everything has intertwined with me feeling like I want to be independent and this is how I should do it. But in reality, in the background, in my subconscious, I'm really just scared to fall in line in society, to play the financial game, and essentially, if you go even deeper than that, 
to create my own security for myself because deep, 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 deep down, I believe that I won't be able to create that security for myself. And what would happen if it was just me and if, if I was the only person creating this financial security, I'd probably fuck it up. So there are all of these layers on top of it that's like, well, I don't want to create my own financial security because, you know, fuck society and I don't want to fall in line with regular society. And there's another layer on top that says, well, I'm going to be individual and show that that's how I'm independent. And it's a bunch of layers covering up really deep subconscious fears. So this was so cool for me to notice because it showed me that there there's a lot going on in the background that we can dig into. And this didn't, I've only been doing this work for four months, right? So it takes everyone different amounts of time, but being able to have these realizations that just come to you is so beautiful, I think. So how does this notion of dependency, independency, individuality tie into me feeling like I never belong? Well, the individuality piece for me stemmed to, oh, I'm different than everybody else. There's a reason why I don't want to fall in line. I don't want to be like everybody else. Well, the layer underneath that was I don't belong anywhere. No one's ever going to accept me. No one's like me. No one understands me, which is tying into nobody ever listens to me. No one ever wants to hear me, right? So the common denominator with all of these themes is low self-worth. But in this specific case that I'm talking about now, feeling like I never belong, that went hand in hand with my individuality mantra or my individuality argument that I'm an individual, but the layer beneath that was I don't really belong anywhere. So why do I feel like that? It's so interesting to relate these feelings back to specific situations that happened earlier on in life. What came up last night was, okay, why don't I feel like I belong? I was doing an inner child meditation, hypnosis meditation, and I realized that kids back in elementary school and high school, but it started in early elementary school, would make fun of me for what I liked and would make fun of me for what I brought to lunch more specifically. I liked more unique stuff, health food. It was still American food, but just different than the usual. And my mom would make sometimes interesting recipes and I loved all of that stuff. I also love stuff like tuna salad that smells weird to little kids or doesn't smell good to little kids. And I had a couple comments about what I brought to lunch and that embarrassed me and it really affected me. And it seems like I liked stuff and I wasn't that wild you know I wasn't into like that eccentric of stuff at that point but I liked I definitely still liked different things I liked things to be unique and a lot of the other kids at my school didn't feel that way so they would say little comments and sometimes make fun of me I remember when I got to middle school I moved to Michigan got to middle school I really loved Asian culture growing up and my first boyfriend was an Asian guy. I was in Japanese club. I was just so, it really spoke to my soul. Asian culture just really spoke to my soul. And uh, I particularly really liked to follow Japanese fashion. I love that my first boyfriend or my first crush, it's hard to tell what to label those types of relationships back in the day but I loved that his family was from Korea and they were so uh, with their culture still and I loved talking with his sister who had a really strong accent and uh, that was so beautiful to me to see a window into other types of cultures that I would see about on TV. I just thought it was so graceful and it, it was a form of expression. It was a form of soul expression for me. For some reason, my soul really connected with different types of Asian cultures. And when I got to middle school, I moved to Michigan and my classmates said to me, or a couple of my classmates said, that's weird. Or that's like a nerdy thing. Like if white people like Asian culture, that's weird. And so I threw it right in my shadow. 
And I thought, okay, this is clearly not going to make me safe if I have these interests, so I'm going to throw them in my shadow. And then I got to a certain point in high school when I was in the rebellious stage where I started saying, wait a second, no, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to be really into all of the weird stuff and make a point to be, to rebel against the system of people not letting other people express themselves, which I'm really proud of doing, actually. And of course, we take it to an imbalanced place, and then we kind of have to walk it back to a balanced place of individuality again. But I took it to that, that next level in high school, and I kind of just went ebb and flow on that spectrum up until this point in my life, when now I'm 30. And the root of this experience was really kids making fun of what I had in my lunchbox, or telling me that it's weird to like world culture. It's kind of a nerdy thing. And that kind of blooms out to a lot of different other limiting beliefs. But it made me feel like everyone is different than me. Or I'm different than everybody else. And I would literally, in high school, I still kept this belief in me. I would throw, my, this is so horrible and something that I'm definitely going to have to work through guilt-wise because I just uncovered this last night, but my mom would make my lunches and I would throw them away all the time. Like how, ugh, it just like makes your stomach hurt to think about that. You know, we get told throughout our lives, there are starving kids all over, don't waste food and um, I don't like wasting food even now. So to think about that, I was so embarrassed about what was in my lunchbox that I threw away my lunch. That, to me, that just shows me how shameful I was about people making comments about me. And I carried that into my high school teenage years. And that just fed the narrative of no one will ever understand me. And then that fed the narrative of, well, no one will hear me and I'm always going to be different and I can never really connect with anyone on an authentic level. So it's cool to see and it can get confusing. We're talking about all these different layers of my mental health, but it's cool to see that things do interconnect together. It's a big web and it perhaps it's I'm so curious to hear feedback on this episode because it might sound like too much to dive into but really these things become uncovered naturally I don't have a roadmap of okay I'm going to focus on this in my mental health and then this no I do some journaling I answer the journal prompts I go through the hypnosis meditation and then my subconscious tells me what my next step is it tells me oh yeah remember back in the day kids used to make fun of your lunch and then when I'm working on love and relationships, my subconscious will tell me like, yeah, you've always been pretty dependent and your most significant exes have definitely seen you as kind of this cute, adorable thing. And you were definitely dependent on them financially and for their housing. So that's something to look at. And then I can look back in hindsight and see how all of these different scenarios interconnect. Okay, how does the dependency connect to the individuality piece? How does the individuality piece connect to the me feeling like an island piece? And how does all that connect to, you know, when I moved to Michigan and when I was in a different environment? So it's really, it's so much easier to see in hindsight and you don't have to do much planning out here. It's just where your subconscious mind wants to take you. So let me know, give me some feedback on how this sounds for you, if it sounds confusing, if you can see where the web kind of interconnects, I'd be interesting, interested to hear. But I want to transition into sexual needs and what feeling lonely has really started to represent for me and what I've realized about feeling lonely. So I am someone who has always wanted to be in partnership. Ever since I was in kindergarten, imagining someone sleeping in the same bed with me. I love that connective feeling and I've always been the person who has always wanted to be in relationships and if I haven't been in relationships, I have been wanting to have someone on the side, having someone to be romantic with, having a romantic interest. I needed that person in my life, very uncomfortable being single. And throughout most of my life, Definitely all of my adult life, I have 
had this pattern so strongly that even before I started doing this work, even before I was a health coach, even before I left high school, I knew that something was imbalanced. Like, wow, I am so dependent on romantic connection and I am so dependent on sexual attention. And I kind of moved through waves of just feeling like, oh, maybe I'm just a really sexual person, which is definitely true. Authentically, that's still true for me. But then I also felt like there is something psychologically going on here that is making me so attached to romantic partners and to being uncomfortable when I'm single. So I always knew that there was something wrong there. And I'm still unpacking this. It's still a big part of me. But this year was the first year that I've really been single and just dating in such a long time. And it has shown me how to be alone. I really didn't have the ability to be alone. When I became a health coach, I was still in partnership. And then when I got out of partnership, it was the first time that I was sober, not distracting myself with drugs or drinking, not distracting myself with an overuse of technology or TV, not distracting myself by going out all the time. I had already become a health coach, so I knew how to set boundaries and cut people out of my life that weren't serving me anymore and not go out just to distract. I knew all of that, but I had never really practiced it alone without being in partnership. So I knew that this was kind of the universe saying to me, okay, now is your time to experience being single and experience being alone because now you have these great boundaries. You're not being social every second to distract yourself. You don't even watch TV anymore. When you're on your phone, it's for business or to look at people that inspire you. There's still some work that I have to do about not scrolling through social media, but I'm pretty good with it. And I only keep people around me at this point that I feel really good with that really respect me. So it's the most I've ever been alone in my life because social connection is less and less. And I enjoy, I really do enjoy spending time alone, I found out. And I need that. I need to regain energy through being alone. And those of you who have been in my community for a while now know that that's one of the first things I recommend. You want to increase your health, spend some time alone. You want to connect with your intuition, spend some time alone. You want to learn how to be psychic and channel, spend some time alone. You want to be able to sleep better, spend some time alone. It's really my first recommendation. You want to start getting clarity on your life, spend some time alone. I think it's so important and it's been so important in my life, but it's scary when we're not used to it anyway. So I have been alone more this year than I ever have and I love it. And I have learned over the summer something really good that happened uh, despite the uncomfortableness of all the limiting beliefs coming up. I learned how to be comfortable being alone. I really enjoyed it. I started to enjoy it. I went through this moment of like, oh, I don't want to do it. I want to like be with people all the time. And then eventually I just got used to it and realized how much I needed it throughout my life. And I wasn't giving myself that. Uh, it's just built so much self-esteem. However, there is this part of me that's really still reaching for a romantic connection. Like it can't just be okay that I don't have anyone in my life on a romantic level. I get like deep, deep, deep sexual needs, which is just me being human too, right? I have a healthy ovulation cycle and I just, my body wants to make a kid, all of this like biological stuff. It makes sense that I want to be in partnership and have sex and do all of that. But there's just something in me that has such a hard time. Every time, especially when I'm going through my ovulation phase in the middle of the month, every time I get so needy for physical connection with somebody else on a romantic level. So I started to unpack that because although it's a biological need, it's also, it should be more okay than it is. I've been single for less than a year technically. It should be more okay than how I'm feeling. So I started to unpack that through this work and I went into a meditation about it. And I started visualizing or asking my subconscious, okay, what do I need? What do I, what is this need that I have? And the visualization that came up 
was me, was two of me, me having sex with me. That's what came up in this visualization. So immediately at that point, I noticed that this was happening and I said, oh my God, this is interesting. And I also noticed that I was like attracted to myself in this moment. I was really enjoying the experience like I would enjoy it with another partner that I was attracted to. So what did that say to me? Well, it said to me that I needed a deeper intimate connection with myself. I needed a deeper physical connection with myself. And I'm not talking about just masturbation. I needed an intimate physical experience with myself to connect with myself more on an energetic level. And I don't really know what that means yet. I have to figure out what the actionable steps are there. But I did start doing kundalini yoga today, which is notorious for connecting one with themselves. And it's just nice to have that peace of mind that I'm not broken and it's not like there is this void in me all the time. There's, there are solutions there. And just because we want something all the time doesn't mean it needs to be there for us. Sometimes we just think we want something. So I know that I want a relationship at this point. I know that I want a partner. I know that I want kids at this point. So I'm not trying to convince myself that I don't. I know it's going to come. It's just about me feeling comfortable with trusting that it's going to come and not feeling like I have to force it to happen immediately because it's uncomfortable for me to not have a partner in this moment. So having this outlook on my life is so just, I hope it helps other folks out there who maybe have felt this way, who are thinking, man, why do I still have these patterns and I have no idea what's going on? I don't remember, it's so important for you to know, I do not consciously remember most of my childhood. I don't really have many memories, but using this process, it made me able to connect with this younger version of myself. And I want everyone to know that this is possible for you too. So all of these examples of realizations that I've been having, they're not even needed all the time. Sometimes things just have shifted in my life since doing this work, this subconscious reprogramming work. Sometimes things have just shifted without me having an exact realization that I could be able to explain to someone like I'm, what I'm explaining to you now. So something that has happened since doing this work is me just not being as triggered anymore and it's happened naturally without me saying like okay why am I triggered here why am I triggered here sometimes I just respond better to situations and I'm like whoa I guess that therapy's working I have no idea why I'm not triggered about that anymore but I'm not so okay I move on to the next thing so like things like responses to my parents I'm so much more compassionate with them I think my communication techniques that I have in the online course help so much just to have gotten me comfortable to speak my mind around them but the subconscious work I'm doing helps me to be so much less triggered in the moment and more compassionate on a very authentic level towards them. It's not just me telling myself to be compassionate. I just really am. I can see it, you know, from their side and from what they've been through. My response to people poking fun at me that used to trigger me so much. I used to hate like someone just making fun of me as a joke. I know some people live by that and they love it. They love to be able to like talk smack to their partner or to roast their friends. I don't like it. I never have liked it, but it just doesn't bother me now. I'm just neutral about it. I don't love it, but it doesn't really trigger me. I'm just kind of whatever about it. And I feel less of a need to apologize at all the time or feel guilty for wanting to leave or feel guilty for wanting to set a boundary or feel guilty, guilty for wanting to let my needs be met. Feel guilty for wanting to speak my mind. I don't feel regretful about that. I feel very relaxed about wanting to speak my mind, wanting to speak my needs and not apologizing for everything all the time anymore. So how I'm reacting is really shifting and that is what shows me that this work is really working. That's what shows me that I am reprogramming my subconscious because my brain is working differently. So it's fascinating stuff and it's so crazy too. 
this non-spoken thing, how my external environment is changing. People are reacting to me differently without me actually saying anything specific to them. So nothing that I could do in the coaching space was helping me to be less triggered. And this kind of relief that I'm feeling is just next level. It's, it's deeper, deeper healing. And when we get triggered, this is kind of how I want to close this out. When we get triggered, we are taught to believe that it's somebody else's problem. We're taught to believe that us being triggered means we should blame someone or we should start an argument or we should hate someone or we should shun someone. And sometimes it's true. Sometimes you need to cut people out of your life who aren't respecting you. But at a certain point when you are setting up those boundaries and you're still getting triggered in your life, it's not always the other person's fault. It has been the biggest gift for me to realize that getting triggered in my life is really a roadmap to see where I have to work on my healing process and where I need to heal, what I need to work on in my self-development process. And To Be Magnetic has really taught me that. That has become extra clear after doing their work. Because we don't have to get mad when someone else does something disrespectful. We don't, that, the madness, the upset, the anger doesn't have to be there. It often doesn't help at all. But we do it because it throws us back to a trauma and it's our subconscious response to get angry. But it's so important to know that it's possible to witness someone doing something disrespectful and truly remain calm and emotionally unaffected. And just handle the situation from a neutral place, from a not triggered place. So you can still take distance from whoever you need to take distance to. You can have a calm conversation about it. But it's possible to not be triggered when someone does something disrespectful. You can be neutral and still handle the situation. We think that the drama has to be there. We get told that the drama has to be there. It doesn't. You can still stand up for your boundaries and stand up for your needs without being angry or annoyed or upset. And of course, this isn't a perfect world, but I have decreased my amount of trigger probably by like 85% at this point in my life. So that's possible. That's possible for you to achieve as well. And all of this is not to say that coaching hasn't served a place in my life. Coaching has served its very own specific place in my life. And now more than ever, I'm realizing how much supplemental coaching can help, even if you are doing therapy too that takes care of the root stuff. When I found this therapy work, I was thinking, oh my God, is this all I need? Do I not need? Does everybody just need therapy and not coaching? And what I've realized through this process is coaching helps to guide you and to have a support system there to give you that external viewpoint, to give you that bird's eye view, to give you that third party view is so important. I actually booked a coaching session for myself next week because I need support through this process. I'm having all this great therapy, but I really want somebody else who is well-versed in this work, who can help hold my hand along the way and give me that neutral point of view because it's so easy to get caught up in my head about it. And I don't want just a friend to talk to about it. I want a professional to help guide me. So I know how much I love just supporting someone now. You know, it's, it's just coming to this very interesting realization where I realized how important the therapy was, but I also realized how important coaching still is to my life, how much I love receiving coaching and how much I love giving coaching. Just supporting someone and encouraging them personally, I think is so important. Holding their hand throughout their journey and knowing that coaching doesn't need to solve all of our problems, right? It's not there to be therapeutic. It, it can be therapeutic. It's not there to be therapy. And my gifts personally are just seeing people really well and maybe pointing out the stuff that they're not seeing and maybe guiding them through their self-development journey, but not trying to solve things in their life that's up to them to solve or perhaps therapy. It's up to therapy to help them solve what they need to solve in their life, but just really being a support system to someone 
And that is so important to me to give and receive, I realize. So next week, I'm, I spent $250 for an hour, 60-minute long coaching session with someone just to receive that support system and that bird's eye view. They're not going to be solving anything for me. They're not therapists. They're just giving me another perspective on the situation. And that's so valuable to me. So it's just so cool how this has kind of come full circle. And I wanted to share all of that with you all. And I hope you got something out of this and it helped you to feel seen or maybe just perked your interest about subconscious reprogramming. I hope you enjoyed it. Folks, I hope you loved this episode. If you did love it, subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and review, share this podcast with your community, and I'll keep you updated on the new happenings within Root Awakening. If you're interested in the communication course, it's really quick, it's really simple. You get communication templates, which are like scripts to help you feel really comfortable communicating your mind, speaking your mind, laying out your boundaries, and communicating your needs to your loved ones or even strangers. If you're interested in looking more into this course, go to rootawakening.co slash communication. The link will also be in my bio. If you are interested in joining the Root Awakening commune, You can let me know, DM me, and I will let you into this private group where we talk about holistic healing, we talk about handmaids, we talk about cryptocurrency, we talk about homesteading, we talk about the stuff that will make you very self-sufficient if society completely collapses. And you can also join the email tribe, which is free as well. And you can do that through the link, another link that I will have in the show notes. I am Emily Kosick, CEO of Root Awakening. Thank you so much for listening to this interview. I love you all so much. I will talk to you soon. Please give me feedback on this episode. Let me know what you liked or didn't like. I'll be happy to have it. Thank you.